Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast. You are here for episode number 36, year two. Careful and regular listeners will know that I am in my classroom because of, well, the time of day I'm posting this and also the echo in the background. So I recorded Monday's podcast late yesterday, and I'm recording Tuesday's podcast, well, earlier today, which is Wednesday. Regardless of the day, the time, I am glad that you are with me, dear listener, listening to my experience of yesterday and how I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to experience the presence of God. If you're a regular listener, you will know that one of the most holy and sacred times of my school day, my work day, is about 5.15 in the morning. At about 5.15 to, let's say, 6.15, 6.30. And it is during that time period where three things I do occur. The first thing is, after I roll out of bed, I unload the dishwasher. Second thing after that is shower. And then the third thing is sitting in meditation and prayer. Well, shower and meditation and prayer have remained pretty consistent over time. But it's that first part, the unloading the dishwasher, that has changed. And again, as I've said on other podcasts, I used to watch on YouTube, on my phone, as I unloaded the dishwasher, excerpts from the late night comedians from the previous nights, folks that I really enjoy, people like Stephen Colbert, Trevor Noah, Seth uh, Meyer, and others. But I found myself getting angry and frustrated and not in a great space when I listened to those folks. So I decided that I was going to listen to music, but just not any music. I was going to watch live performances of music on my phone. And I started doing this maybe four or five months ago, and it it has been a really tremendous practice. I found playlists that I didn't know existed. I've looked up favorite artists and watched live performances in various venues. And it's really been and become, even more so, kind of a prayerful, spiritual, sacred experience. Something about doing the simple task of unloading a dishwasher, which I loaded just a few hours prior to that, before I went to bed, and listening and watching and experiencing what is unique about live music. In part because I don't get out to see much live music anymore, it's nice to you know, watch high-quality renditions of favorite artists and new favorite artists and so forth. Well, I mention this because yesterday morning, uh, YouTube Music, I downloaded that app now, suggested um, someone I hadn't watched and someone whose music I've followed and really begun to enjoy more with each listening to it. And that person is Bon Iver. Now, Bon Iver is a name for, I guess it's 
would be considered a band, but it's also really the performing name of um, Justin Vernon is his name. And um, he's in that category like uh, Connor Obest, um, who was Bright Eyes and other performers that are just individuals who go under um, a moniker. Um, I think that's fairly common these days. Well, Bon Iver uh, was performing from his newest work, his newest album, uh, which was released in 2016, the fall and um, in end of 2016. The album's title is 22 comma a million. And I really recommend that you take a listen to it because it's very different than his previous work, but also different than his um, than anything else out there. Um, every song has a number in his title. There's interesting symbols that are in the titles themselves, and the album cover has is rich with symbolism of, of various types. And what I find interesting is this electronic music that is heavily sampled with multiple instruments um, really has gotten noticed as a religious, theological, spiritual, and I would even say mystical work of art that speaks in new ways to, I think, really old questions. And um, I'm mentioning Bon Iver because, I, again, this was the video that came up, a live performance of his that was on NPR music, and I'll, I will tweet that video out because um, it's pretty cool the lighting and the way that the instrumentation takes place, and um, it's really pretty amazing. So, Justin Vernon, um, this is only his third album, and his first two were very folksy, very uh, much about solitude and longing. He wrote one of, I think, his debut album he wrote in his native Wisconsin in a, a hunting cabin in the wilderness, and... Um, so this third CD, 22, A Million, again, is, is a very different departure for him. But what I find interesting is when I search on Google, some of the write-ups and some of the, the reflections on this album are really quite powerful. Um, U.S. Catholic <laughs> reviews the album on 9-30, uh, 2016, September 30th, 2016, and um, it's a short review, positive but just to see it in such a, a mainstream publication is, I think, kind of interesting. Also, we have, um, I, saw, I found it in America Magazine a while back, and I couldn't find that article again, but um, the Jesuit magazine in the U.S. Um, talked about it, reviewed it. I found a website, ChristandPopCulture.com, and um, they call uh, the article about the album exploring the paradox of existence and um, raise some of the questions that, that Bon Iver raises on the CD. And uh, even uh, New York Times writes and um, just some really powerful stuff. He says, um, it really says that, you know, Bon Iver is searching and seeking and looking for faith and what it means to experience and to know God in this modern world. So stay with me, if you will, through the break, and I'll talk about how I think 22 a million is a really powerful and important example of mysticism in our age.
Stay with me if you will. Thank you. Well, thank you for staying with me through the break. I think that um, Justin, the singer Bon Iver, really gets the importance of language and Again, I am struck by how he uses traditional languages and ideas within this very modern, um, high-tech sort of um, presentation of the music to ask these themes of longing. And um, this is in the New York Times article. It says that um, the, the writer says that uh, Bon Iver's songs draws on thoughts of consecration, prayer, and God. And then um, Justin is quoted, he says, I do love those words. I love the word consecration, these holy words, so to speak. I like using them in a way people haven't heard before or right next to a bunch of swear words. It's just fun. It puts a smile on my face. And then he goes on to say, for me, from a very early age, music has been my religion. It's my, been my way of understanding. It's been my way of celebration. It's been my way of contemplation. And I think those three words that he gets at there, understanding, celebration, and contemplation, is really at the heart of the mystic tradition within Christianity and within every great religion. And I define mysticism as a powerful or subtle, sometimes mysticism we think has to be overwhelming, but it can be subtle, experience of both the transcendence of God and the imminence of God. So both how God is beyond everything, but also within everything. Experiencing that simultaneously. And within that experience of mysticism is the experience and the knowledge and the understanding and the celebration of the oneness of it all that because God, God is within all, God is one, and all is one in God. And I think that's what mysticism is about. And I find 22 a million, as I listen to it more and more, and try to incorporate it into my own contemplative practices. Some of the songs on there are really great for putting in the earbuds and closing my eyes and focusing on my breath and contemplating, being present that I find that it really is both an experience in words and sounds and music of what mysticism is all about, in other words, the fruits of mysticism, and also at the same time, a means or a pathway or an assistance or an aid to mysticism. And again, I, I think those three words are so key, and he, he gets it because he hits the nail on the head understanding, celebration, and contemplation. And that's, I think, what mysticism is in a nutshell. So in conclusion, dear listener, what does mysticism mean to you? Is it a word that's kind of out there and foreign and, oh my goodness, I can never possibly understand that or experience that? Or is it something relatable? Is it something you've experienced? Is it a word you would use to describe yourself if someone said, hey, you are a mystic? Is that a compliment? Is that an insult? Is that something confusing or baffling? What is it for you? What does it mean? And how is God 
present to you in contemplation, understanding, and celebration in your life. As always, thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace.